0: Joining me now for this Locked On Gators bonus episode is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Locked Recruiting Insider. And I'm not going to screw this up this time, John. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college Terms and conditions apply. We did it. All right. Now we're just going to talk about the guy who we've spoken about so much, but there is actually some kind of news here with him in Cormani McLean. He's getting closer to a commitment, and just just what does that mean for the Florida Gators now?
1: Well, as my dogs just mentioned, you know things are heating up, right? This this is something that is finally taking a turn. And look, not not that it's October, Brandon. It feels like we can talk about these signing day decisions and it's not so far off, right? We're talking two months and nine days away from right now, all these kids are gonna start to sign their national letters of intent. Uh, So it it really is kind of the home stretch of the 2023 recruiting cycle. So for Cormani McClain, it's always been, will he make it to that point? But as we continue to dig on the number one corner and, and defensive player in America, it does seem like things are going to happen sooner rather than later. And I think the biggest reason why is because with the schools he's most familiar with, he's already gotten all the, the questions he had answered, right? Obviously he's going to Alabama here soon for that official, uh, which is a return visit. And he's been to Florida more than you and me combined. I would say at this point as well, Miami is, is still there dark horse, but he, you know, he took that official in the summer months. Maybe he gets back for a game. And that's kind of it. And I think that's the biggest development, right? Georgia appears to be truly on the outside looking in really for the first time in a few months where we could, you know, tangibly say that, which is obviously great news for the other three programs and in particular, the Florida Gator. So this still has that that feel of a Florida Bama race with Miami as as that dark horse, Um, unless he takes a couple trips to Coral Gables. I don't see how the Hurricanes move up into the top two. Of this conversation, because as of right now, I think Bama's next, and then Florida for the LSU game. Those might be it. You know, there's not a whole lot of confirmed visits that Cormani is going to take here moving forward beyond the month of October. And once those tangible visits and schedules start to dry up, typically it means you can inch towards a, a making uh, making a decision. So I, I do think. He's gonna, you know, try to sit it out a little bit, uh, just based on the Lakeland high school season. Look, they're gonna go deep in the playoffs, all that stuff. So I do think it could extend, you know, from Thanksgiving through signing day, kind of in that window, uh, unless he he reverses course here. But really, since Friday Night Lights, we've heard buzz about Cormani doing something sooner than we all expect. Uh, so that clock is is sort of ticking, and time's running out in that regard. But at one point we were thinking this could be a January, February thing. So on that front, it's still going to be sooner rather than later. I I think again, post Thanksgiving makes the most sense for, from what I'm hearing, but you know, Cormani does his own thing, right? He's not a, he's not a kid who follows trends. uh, So he could pop up tomorrow and say, Hey, look, I'm done. I'm going to school X and, and it'll be a huge celebration for that school and a huge disappointment for the others. But either way, we say all that to say Florida is still in really great shape. And I think that's obviously what your audience wants to hear. It's the hometown school. And in terms of what he feels like is home, we've talked about all the Lakeland connections in the past, the Polk County connections in the past, Amon Black, um, obviously Corey Raymond, who's probably the first person I should have mentioned with, with all of this. Um, All those things are still very much in line for the Florida Gators. It just so happens that the primary competition is it's Saban and T-Rob and Bama. I mean it's again, it's not easy, but at this point it does feel like he is slightly more Gator than than Crimson Tide at this point. Again, a couple visits remaining here, one to each program as things currently stand. But again, I don't know what more he could figure out about Florida. Perhaps there's something else at Alabama that he'll, you know, get an answer to uh, this coming weekend when he's back on campus. Uh, but that's kind of it. I don't really envision much, much more beyond that, at least from a visit perspective, unless Miami can convince him to, to come back, uh, down South one more time. But even, even so I do think that the, the gap between two and three in this race is, is pretty strong. Um, even with number four officially kind of
0: being cut out at this point. Yeah. And I mean, just that LSU game is going to be Stacked with Gators visitors. Another one in the secondary is Dijon Johnson. His visit is set up. It's his, if I'm not mistaken, 400th visit to Gainesville since he decommitted Approximately, to the yeah. year about, and he's also committed eight times. So there's that. But uh, how do we feel about Dijon's recruitment and his potential commitment?
1: Look, there's there's been no other visits, right? It's it's been Florida, Florida, Florida. Florida uh, and maybe one more that I missed uh, since he decommitted from Ohio State and even before that decommitment. Again, it was, it was Florida. You know, he is he is saying the right things about other schools. Um, you know, and it's the same schools, by the way. It's Miami, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State is still communicating with him. Of course, he was committed there for for quite a while, but all the visits, all the intel suggests that this is Florida's race to lose. Um, it, it shouldn't be presented as the Gators are going to take one of these two big corners. You know, I, I think that's important to note that this isn't one of those, Hey, Corey Raymond's going all in for Cormani, And if he doesn't get Cormani, they're going to take Deshaun Johnson. I, I don't think it's that simple. I think it's a combination of, Hey, we want both of these guys w- whenever they're ready. Um, so I, I think out of respect to DD, that's how the Gators are, are going about this process. Um, but no no tangible commitment date that I've seen. Um, nothing that he has come out publicly, at least, and said, hey, this is when I'm going to do it. But he's all but hinted at at Florida running away with, with this recruitment at this point. So, uh, again, until he sets and takes another visit, I'm going to continue to consider this a, a heavy lean uh, towards the Florida Gators. And, again, another Corey Raymond special here as, as he looks to wrap up this class with one or two big, New age, modern corners that really emphasize what uh, the future of that position looks like. Right. Big, rangy, ball skills, physical, all, all the traits you want in trying to combat these these SEC
0: wide receivers. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to play and win cold, hard cash in a single game. I can't tell you. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with them. But for me, the easiest pick has always been whatever they put for John Reese Plumley's rushing yards, I'm saying he's gonna get higher than that because it's just it's just it's an ATM. it's a it's a cash machine here. I'm just getting it consistently and they keep disrespecting him. so I'm gonna keep doing it. Underdog is just so great. I mean, it's one of the best fantasy platforms out there with the fun user experience and I've always, I say this every time I do this read. I love when you click share and you get the nice little design there and you just send it. It's just so aesthetically pleasing to me. Their support team, by the way, is fantastic. Sign up with the promo code locked on and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get another $100 free with promo code locked on. Yeah. And I mean, Florida has. I mean, they've been very active in the secondary. They've also been very active along this defensive line. And they've gone head-to-head a few times with South Carolina, whether it was pre- or post-commitment. And they've won more often than they've lost, we can say. Xavier and Hardy is committed to South Carolina. Is Florida looking at a flip for someone who is scheduled to take a visit to Gainesville very soon? So how do we feel about a potential flip candidate here?
1: Yeah, this will be Hardy's first uh I believe first visit elsewhere after committing uh to the Gamecock. So it's always notable, right? Florida was right in the thick of it. I think going into his commitment, if memory serves, it was South Carolina, Florida, Ole Miss, maybe Auburn sprinkled in there. So this was a true SEC battle, kind of through and through. Uh Xavier has transferred high schools recently. So we're not sure if he's able to play high school ball. So inevitably a lot more time to think about recruiting, right? Hey, did I make the right pick here? Is there still time to, to make sure. So, so this could present as due diligence, getting back down uh, to the swamp, uh, but certainly from the South Carolina perspective, you don't like it. You don't love it. This is something to keep an eye on. I think both programs have, have hit their stride in defensive line recruiting. Um, and on Florida side, i um, Programs are still after some of these Gator commitments, right? I know Kelby Collins is is going to get back to Bama here soon, you know, so maybe this is due diligence on Florida's part uh, all the same. So it's interesting, uh, something definitely to keep an eye on, but I'm kind of wondering, right, with these big DB, D-line, and wide receiver hauls, is there a cap, right? Is there a cap that Billy Napier's like, we can't get over this number for this position group because it does seem like the strengths of of uf's 2023 class are only you know being reinforced with some of the guys that are still out there potentially to 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 add on to this this list of, of verbal commitments so quite fascinating um i think it's always there's always a flip conversation when you're talking about high level recruiting sec recruiting in particular and it works both ways. Billy Napier knows that. He's experienced that, you know, more times than most of us. Uh, so I do think this this could be some due diligence
0: on, on both the program and prospect side of the coin with Xavier uh, Hardy. Yeah, and, I mean, there's one more player to talk about today specifically, which is Bryce Thornton. He, he's scheduled to commit next Thursday, 2023 safety. We've talked about him quite a few times before. He's down to Alabama and Florida. And how should we feel about this in Gainesville?
1: should feel good because as of right now, I actually checked this morning, the only visit set for him beyond the verbal commitment date is another trip down to Gainesville. So, I mean, if we're just, you know, playing um, detective here from from an uh, optical perspective, you got to feel good about Florida's chances. I think Florida's held buzz with Bryce basically the whole way through. Um, Alabama did get him on campus in September. It was an official visit. I think it was uh, for the beat down of, of Vanderbilt. Um, shout out to the Commodores. At least they look good. Uh, you know, so so he obviously got a good show. He obviously was able to spend time uh, with with the entire crew there in, in Tuscaloosa. But that's another program where the db room is pretty full and we know they're after Cormani McLean. we know uh the the numbers are pretty limited there in in their own respects so that part of it is is fascinating but i think until we hear otherwise tangibly this this has long felt like uh the the final safety piece to, to the florida gator puzzle in this this class of 2023 so unless he moves the visit and or that commitment date which is it's fast approaching here i do consider this florida's
0: race to lose despite bama getting the most recent trip and we've spent a lot of time talking about you know florida's got a billion receiver commits they've got a ton of d-line guys a ton of safeties and just secondary players and they keep talking about that and how does that fit in in terms of competing for playing time something that Billy Napier has done very well as getting true freshman snaps. You look at Trevor Etienne, Chris McClellan, Devin Moore, Shamar James, a few more guys. He's working in Trey Smack on kickoffs now, so he's contributing. How does that kind of play into, I mean, specifically these positions where there's so many Gators commits, how does that kind of play into I will get playing time or I could get playing time early where you can look at Alabama and you could say their secondary is crowded with either guys that were four and five stars a couple years ago guys that are four or five stars now and i might not be able to get a path to playing early whereas billy Napier's proven he's perfectly willing to play a true freshman if they deserve it
1: i think that's a great point uh it's tangible now right it's not just something that you're using in recruiting and said hey come here and you got a shot to play while you're still a teenager it's something that is being shown every single saturday or sunday last week Uh, From that Florida Gator perspective, uh, particularly on defense, as you mentioned, right, with some of those key spots that Florida appears to be really prioritizing on the recruiting trail, at least from a positional perspective. So when it's tangible like that, it's just easier because it's, it's there. It's something they can see, they can feel. Um, they can, you know, make a visit to Gainesville and talk to these guys about these, these guys who are just going through this process less than a year ago at this point, making, making huge decisions for, you know, what was a brand new coaching staff. So if anything, it was a little tougher to navigate the process uh, for that class of of 2022. So now you can lean on those guys and help sell the next wave of Florida Gators. Uh, But when it's tangible, Brandon, like you said, it, it just hits different, right? I mean, obviously, There's a big difference between Alabama and Florida and and a transition coaching staff is going to be a little more, more apt to playing younger guys, uh, but you're still doing it, right? You're still doing it. You're not, you know, going transfer portal heavy and just relying on the guys who are a little bit older um, or the guys you inherited, right? Which, you know, in in some cases don't really fit uh, what you want to do from a schematic standpoint. So I think that ability to shake things up and keep everything open, is extremely attractive in recruiting, right? You never want to go to a situation. I've heard in 12 years of doing this, I've heard two or three kids total tell me, yeah, I want to go redshirt," you know? Um, And those were unique kids who knew they were behind the eight ball, whether it was from a competition standpoint or from a body composition standpoint, they were like, man, look, I need to go put on 25 pounds before I can deal with the sec. So, it's just not something that kids are upfront about on a positive uh, front. Uh, so I do think that early playing time is still a huge, huge selling point for, for just about any program. And, and obviously Florida is going to be included with uh, those that where, where it hits, it hits different, right? The, the atmosphere, the attention, the spotlight, the expectation, all of that is, is bigger at Florida than most places. So when you combine that, with the opportunity to play early. I, I do think it, it sells on a different level than it would at some other schools.
0: Yeah. I think uh, very few instances where players want a red shirt, like, you know, if you need to bulk up for the sec or if you attended SMU or Auburn and, and, and you need to kind of be like, okay, not this year. Uh, so I think there's that, but thank yeah, you.
1: voluntary red shirts, mid season. I mean, that's, you talk about something new. That's, that's new
0: right there. Yeah, that's a little little yikes there. (laughs) Um, This is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated, Director of Football Recruiting, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him here again this week. Catch him all over the Locked On College channel. And thank you so much, John. Anytime.